Brought to you by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and joining me via Zoom today, he is an accomplished uh, filmmaker, producer, he's the man behind Rolling Studios, and he happens to be the director of the Greenpoint Film Festival. He's been on the show before, making his triumphant return, Mr. Anthony Argento. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Jason, for having me again. You know, uh, I know it's a lot to catch up on with this industry and this COVID and 2021 is a new year and you got to move forward, you know? Well, let's hope it's a better one than last year. I mean, we got a lot going on uh, coming up here and, you know, you've got the film festival. I wanted to talk to you about kind of how you managed to get things done last year because you guys did some so you did like a hybrid festival which is interesting but uh first of all i want to kind of get some background on the festival by the way uh you can check out anthony's episode look for anthony argento on the show and he can tell you all about him but today we're going to talk mostly about greenpoint for just some background tell us about the greenpoint film festival like what's its mission what do you guys do yeah absolutely you know uh so greenpoint film festival was uh it was founded in 2011 uh, by uh, a woman named Rosa under Woven Spaces. It was a nonprofit. Uh, and, you know, she had a background of a uh, very big art, artsy world. And uh, she went on for years. I mean, we've, she's done, I've helped her in the past as well. She's rented spaces from Broadway stages. She's done festivals in Transmitter Park. She's done all over Greenpoint. Uh, the Wyatt Hotel, we've done it at uh, uh, a few other locations. And, um, you know, she was really building up the, the, the film festival for years. Uh, I believe she got a lot of great um, love and support from the local community. And, you know, she just uh, finally decided to hand down the torch. And uh, I was a runner up. Uh, she knew how involved in the green and in, in the film fest in the film I was and and in the community as well, and you know that brings us me that's brings me basically to, uh, you know what what we're all about you know and our, our big objective is really to build build Greenpoint Film Festival up and through the community uh, and have them as a big supporting. Uh, you know, member to our industry and Greenpoint Film Festival, uh, you know, Greenpoint itself is uh, part of the film industry. It's, it's, it's one of the biggest, you know, uh, film entrepreneurs uh, uh, in New York, at least, you know, uh, we must, we must do like 30 shows alone just in Greenpoint. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I don't know the, you know, we, we, we want to focus on, you know, uh, uh, having 
we want to focus on like um, those people who have these stories that are never told and uh, basically we want to vo voice the voiceless and uh, you know in in a area where we think uh, Greenpoint is like the heart of the film industry uh, I think it's uh, a very important film festival to really make an example of newer festivals and uh, younger filmmakers and kind of really build everything together. So last year um, you had this, I mean, we got hit with COVID and it was really tough on the entire industry, especially film festivals. Uh, we had a lot of people go on virtual. You guys did something interesting though, because you did uh, partly virtual where the films were online and we actually reviewed some of the films. One of those films, Go Don't Go, actually they told us they uh, they got distribution partly because of our review, which was really cool. Talk a little bit, kind of how you how that went, and how you guys kind of cope with things. Uh, talk a bit about that, if you would. I mean, just just starting out, uh, that was the year we transitioned into festivals, so paperwork and just you know the business aspect of it was already complicated, and we kind of had our festival all ready to go and moving we were supposed to do it end of march uh in in a, in a hotel and then everything kind of flipped upside down on it and we had to start from scratch again and you know we put our thinking caps on and what's the one place that you can be socialized but not social <laughs> You know, we, we kept going back and forth and, you know, drive-in film vessel was our answer. We, we, we put together uh, a lot of different roads on how to approach a festival where you can't be socialized. And, you know, uh, drive-in was the solution. I mean, we, we came up with other options and trying to go back and forth. But at the end, you know, you come in as a family, you come in with a group of friends, you drive in, you stay in the car, you, you know, uh, we, we had, uh, right when you came in, we had a big uh, LED wall where the cars would show up. Uh, you would take pictures still in the car and, uh, you know, uh, they loved it. They thought it was a little bit new. And uh, I know a lot of other festivals followed that road as well. And that was great. And we also made some um, booths where people would be able to sit together and stay together and, you know, be so, uh, socialized, but in their own groups. And, uh, you know, we, we did it, uh, you know, and Go Don't Go got a great distribution plan. And yes, uh, we thank you for helping with that as well. And uh, a lot of others uh, that came together and put it together. Um, you know, it, it was really a joint community effort on building this thing. Our sponsors, uh, PRG, uh, to uh, Mini Cooper USA. I mean, we had, we had everyone pitch in to make this happen during a crazy pandemic. That can be tough because New York is not exactly a car town. I mean, a lot of people, there's a lot of cars and too much traffic and et cetera. But 
you know, like a lot of people who live here don't own cars. So were you able to accommodate people like me who are carless? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we were able to uh, make, we made uh, a bunch of booths uh, out of construction. Uh, we had we had all these wood donated to us from previous films and we built um, little stage decks for people to sit and be in their own environment. And we had, uh, we also had picture cars um, from um, Lost Souls. Uh, they were, they provided us about a few uh, police cars to taxi cabs to a bunch of other like really unique cars. And they're the best. Uh, you know, I've been working with them for years. Um, Lost Souls is they're they're located in uh, New Jersey officially, but uh, they've been doing projects in New York for over ten years. And uh, they really came through on donating cars for people who did not have cars but wanted to sit in the car. You know, uh, we we had every type of option that they can feel comfortable in and you know people got to talk on the sirens in the police cars and you know put the taxi light on we, we uh, people had a blast and they were safe and everyone really loved being there and that's all that's all you can ask for for a festival that's like its own uh particular headache too because when you have different screens of course you have to like wipe everything down and like sanitize everything Absolutely. What kind of, what did you find out or what did you learn from that last year that might inform the festival this year? And what, what kind of knowledge would you pass on to maybe other festival organizers or like other filmmakers who are gonna do the festival route in 2021? Last year, we, we kind of had to uh, continue the path that we, had the festival with and continue a path where we created a new environment. So we kind of had to do the transition and that was, that was, you know, some things work, some things were just, you know, we got by and made it work. And now, you know, we're ready to kind of start fresh because, uh, uh, you know, everything was just, I mean, with COVID especially, it was just mayhem, you know. Oh, and, and on top of it, we, we had a huge storm the day before. We set everything up and basically reset up everything on the day. And then it was, you know, uh, you know, festival chaotic uh, first day. You want to make an impression. And, you know, somehow one way or another, we did it. Because everything has to be outside, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, everything's outside. You've got, and did you have multiple screens or you just had one screen? Well, we had uh, two, two venues. So we had the foundry, which, you know, they, they're amazing. The place is amazing. If you've ever been there, they were amazing. They, they put together um, uh, a lot of vendors in their area as well from have coming in and kind of little booths where people would be able to look at while walking around in the backyard and uh, they had drinks and kind of food uh, from their venue venues and uh, you know it was a nice little environment as well did you guys have any were there any like obstacles and or like that happened during it that you said okay that 
that's probably not going to work. So next year we're not going to do. Obviously, you can't have it in March because it's going to be too cold. It's definitely going to be closer to the end of the year. I mean, we're we're looking at September. We have we have plans that we're looking at um, doing it. Uh, we definitely want to continue a drive-in. Uh, I think uh, we got a lot of positive reviews from it. Um, but again, you are right. New York is a carless state um, that we we knew that going in and we thought, you know, I mean, people still have a lot of cars and they love the drive-in. I mean, you go to a drive-in because you have a car, you know, but we did not anticipate. Uh, I mean, and we, we did, we, we ran out of room. Uh, there was maybe only two or three nights that we actually had room. Um, so, you know, uh, we're looking at getting a bigger space and uh, we, we also looking at better solutions for people to have a comfortable sitting area where people would just come in um, and we want to kind of do like, you can walk in, drive in, bike in, you know, uh, do whatever you want in <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, because it's a lot easier to accommodate like fifty people, and it, but much harder than like fifty cars. <laughs> you know, it's tough to fit in the space, kind of thing. Yes and no. The problem with the cars is people actually stay in the cars. They're comfortable. They're nice, and they're easy. But when you go put them outside, they people want to be socialized, and they want to get up, and they want to walk around. I mean, uh, you know that 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 was a little tough for us and you know the first day was kind of a little hectic and then we put more bodies and just kind of made people in their own stay in their own spaces and we had people walking around with snacks and menus uh we also worked with like grubhub and yelp and we didn't think people would be interested in it but believe me believe it or not they were ordering food left and right because uh we weren't allowed to uh, have food for the venue because of what happened with the restaurants at that time. So the last resort was give the people the option to order their own food. And we had delivering delivery guys going to the front. We would sign them in, get the food and bring it to the people. Uh, you know, that's what we had to do. And uh, I think it worked out great. I mean, hopefully this year it'll be better. Uh, there's a couple of vaccines out. Um, you know, there's a plan in place from the federal government. Uh, Cuomo has been working hard on getting things under control, especially here in the city or in different like hotspots. So, you know, anybody who wants to have any sort of event, um, you're going to have to deal with this for the next year or so at least. So, um, you know, going forward, um, there's no, you guys don't have any set dates yet. Um, and have you opened submissions at this point? Yes, yeah, submissions are open. Uh, and uh, we have been getting a lot of submissions. Uh, we're probably close to maybe... What's the, uh, what's the period of time? When do submissions? When's the final deadline? I think it might be April, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, we... We've just been uh, testing it out. Uh, I think we opened it like uh, mid-December just to get the kinks out and figure things out. And then 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, Film Freeway obviously does a huge uh, amount of advertising and it alerts everyone when the festivals are open. Uh, so they've been really a big help on uh, marketing it out. We haven't uh, done any releases yet because we're just waiting on a few more things to get our ducks in a row and then we'll announce it and then uh, go from there, you know? Definitely send us a release when you guys uh, are officially open and, and let us know, you know, give us updates on the festival. Now, in addition to uh, the festival, you're still doing stuff with Rolling Studios. Um, what kind of stuff do you guys have coming up? What kind of projects are you working on? Is there anything from you guys that we can find on VOD or streaming or something like that? The last project we did before the pandemic was Lost in Russia. It was uh, a big uh, Asian film that shot 50 days in Russia and 40 days in China. And they shot about 10 days in New York. And, uh, you know, uh, it went all over uh, in releases, uh, but uh, then it was shut down and the director ended up putting it out for free all over Asia, I believe, and got a lot of publicity off of that. Um, and uh, what do we have in the future? Uh, we do have, we're days away from signing like a big project, a biopic about a guy from the 60s. Uh, can't say much about it, but it, he is a famous boxer. And um, we plan to uh, do that at the end of this year. And uh, that's a really interesting project that we're hoping to get together. And uh, we're also working on our big biopic for Robert Johnson. Um, I don't know, I believe I mentioned it before. Yeah, you mentioned that the last time you were on the show. Where are you with that? I mean, I, I imagine everything got stalled because of the pandemic. Um, of course. Yeah. Have, you, have you casted yet or uh, where are you at so, with that? So with Robert Johnson, uh, a lot of movement has happened. Uh, we are in the process of uh, kind of getting a, a solid A team on board. Uh, uh, we do have actors signed in already. Uh, we did get our initial like first um, uh, investment for just kind of... Um, putting together the project kind of, uh, you know, a small amount to get us started. And uh, with that, uh, it's become, it's gaining a lot of interest from actors to other investors. Um, and we do have, we do have someone on the table that's willing to fully finance the project. And we'll know that in the next couple of months. Uh, so, uh, that's the project that's really going to put us on the road. Um, we also did uh, get the rights from, um, so we've been uh, obviously uh, licensing the rights for a few years now, but we, we optioned to buy them uh, just last couple of months uh, for the book, um, Up Jump the Devil. Uh, that's the, bo the book all about Robert Johnson and his life. Um, that's what our script is mostly based upon. With, uh, with Johnson too, like now he's, for people who don't know, give us a little bit ba a background about Robert Johnson. And, you know, are you, are you going to shoot that 
kind of in Mississippi? Are you going to, is that going to be a location thing? Robert Johnson, first off, is, you know, he's, he's the godfather of the blues. He, uh, he is the story behind the legend is basically that the myth behind the legend, I should say, is Robert, Robert gets up and uh, he is known for being the worst guitarist uh, in the Delta region. And uh, somehow he uh, leaves very depressed and uh, ends up in the crossroads waiting for a ride. And uh, that's where the legend, the, the myth starts of uh, him making a deal with the devil and saying he wants to be the best guitar player in all, all the world. And uh, you know, he disappears for a good year and shows up again, but now he becomes the best guitarist. And, you know, uh, back in the day, they, they, all, all, they all said it's the devil's music. They worship the devil, blah, blah, blah. And um, that myth stuck with many people. Um, they've tried making several films about this and it's been hard with uh, music to having uh, the rights of the family. So it's like we, we got the support from the family. We got the support from the Arthur, the, the writer of the Up Jump the Devil, uh, and uh, which is winning a lot of uh, best awards now uh, and actually getting a lot of uh, publicity. And um, now, now we're at the stage where, you know, they just came out with a, a Netflix um, series, uh, not a series, but a, a little documentary about Robert Johnson. Uh, and you can look that up. And now everyone's becoming aware of the, the name and the legend. And, you know, we're all about showing you the myth and telling you the legend, you know. And he literally has songs called like Hellhound on my trail, me at the crossroads. Like there is, there's such a, and the music is great. Uh, the music I've heard, it wasn't actually recorded or, or when they discover the recordings, they're not really at the right speed, the records. So it's very hard to tell what his actual voice was, but it, even guys like Eric Clapton have attempted to play his stuff and, said this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life because people thought he had another guitar player with him because he sounds like two guitar players. He's an amazing, uh, if you're a blues fan and you don't know who Robert jo Johnson is, I, I don't know what to tell you. Definitely look him up. Uh, and he's another, he's the first member of the 27 Club because he only lived to be 27 years old. That's correct. That's uh, so there's a lot of legend, a lot of life, a lot uh, to mine there. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I haven't read the book. Maybe I should get the book. Yeah, man. first and then we can check out the movie anyway i'm gonna let you go but um for those who want to uh know more about you rolling studios greenpoint uh give us all your uh give us all your urls you can look at me uh, uh we got the greenpointfilmfestival.org you can look at submissions there uh look at what we're planning to do uh, uh look at our past uh films there you got rollingstudios.com. Uh, 
uh, we're always around answering our calls 24 seven uh, with support on every type of project you can think of to locations, to equipment, uh, you name it and we're there. And uh, we shoot all over America and you know, uh, and I'm all around wherever, wherever you need me to be. I'm going to wrap up, man, but it's great having you uh, send us uh, more info when you know more about the festival. We'll post it on the blog, and then hopefully we can cover Greenpoint um, again this year. Yeah, Jason, thank you so much for having me. You, know, you, you really are very supportive of, our, of this community, and you know, you, you, you're, always, you're always showing some support, and I, I love it. Uh, I don't know how you keep doing all these little videos every, all day long and uh you know we really appreciate it thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole for more of our content including our movie reviews visit our website no rest for the weekend podcast.com don't forget to like rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast app uh, once again I want to thank my guest anthony argento and our sponsor jmr rentals for behind the rabbit productions i'm jason godby thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.